All right, today we look at the story of Betty and Barney Hill, a well-respected middle-class family who claim on a trip home from Canada they were abducted by aliens. This is the first alleged alien abduction ever reported. Trendsetters, if you will. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you've ever been probed, prodded, had your semen forcibly removed, and been forced to do the walk of shame back to your car, stick around. You don't want to miss this exciting episode. This is Necronomapod. Just keep staying there. Did you hear him tell you this? Oh, no, he didn't say it. You felt he said it. I, I know. You know he did. Just there, yeah. Just stay there, he's saying to me. boys we're getting into some alien talk today you know this is uh probably ian's favorite subject of all of them he, he gets really it. into the stuff he loves it he yeah. really does. He wants to be abducted himself man I'm i want it i want it so. too bad that's why that's why i don't see ufos i think i just want because if too you bad. want them they don't come they know that that's if right. you if if you want it they don't come to you they know this I, it's preaching to the choir they don't need to come visit him yeah they already yeah. got him hooked in right ian and i are in very different uh platforms here because i'm a skeptic about a lot of this and i know this these abductions he takes seriously and he wants it to happen. Well, let's so let's go into it. The the biggest, the most popular abduction story of all time, aside from Fire in the Sky. Right. But this is the first one that was ever publicized in the US. Um, happened September nineteenth through September twentieth in nineteen sixty one to Betty and Barney Hill. Um, and they were also the first case of using hypnotic regression therapy to bring back lost time that they experienced in general or just for for, for for alien abductions but if this was the first one then there was other people who had had abductions that they used hypnosis on no but i mean that's like a common gotcha so this was like the this was the first widely reported alleged alien abduction right and they also used hypnosis to try to get more information from it. Right. I think what he's saying is hypnosis is a long accepted established form of I think we're gonna to touch on that in a little <laughs> bit and I think it's scientifically proven. <laughs> I, I don't know if there's data to support that. Maybe on Wikipedia. But that's a common way to if someone was abducted by aliens or claimed to have been and that's a common medical proven medicine form okay. science. <laughs> to I go mean, back and find and I feel like people that have been allegedly abducted by aliens allegedly also have been hypnotized. It makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. I can buy that. Wait, run that back by me one more time. <laughs> I feel like the same people that are alleging that they were abducted by aliens will also allege that they've been hypnotized. That All makes right, sense so. to me. That's consistent. Does a flat earth make sense to you as well? I I do maybe we'll do an episode about that one day, Dave. I would love to study flat Earth. We will definitely do an episode on flat I, Earth, I one look, day. and we can do an episode on hypnosis. But we'll we'll get, I think we'll talk a little bit more about hypnosis here soon. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get into some hypnosis. So these guys are interesting, I think, because they're the first one, like you said, in the opening, the trend center. They're kind of the archetype for alien abduction because all the stories that come after, or a lot of them anyway, have the same kind of, you know, base story. The, they kind of follow the, what... Right. Exactly. The probing, said, the what the aliens look like. and Right. I mean, at this time, no one ever heard any of this stuff before. This was the first one. Sure. Yeah. So we're future abduction stories based on them because they're making it up or are they based on them because that's what the aliens you know that's what they really do let's find out well Ian. i think that's interesting i maybe we'll, we'll, I'll, we'll get into that though yeah why don't you set the stage for us so the other the other note too is that um they're not like your backwoods stereotypical what you would think of claiming to be abducted by aliens people they were respectable people in their community um they're not out in the podunks of New Mexico. No. Where there's no, no civilization cooking match. Right. Just, you know, wanting some attention, being cooped out. Yeah, they they lived in uh in New Hampshire. Betty Hill was a social worker. Barney Hill was a uh, United States Postal Service worker. And were it's worth noting that in the sixties that they were an interracial couple with Barney being black and Betty being white. Definitely tumultuous times. Yeah. They already had problems of their own, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't legal. Or, you know, a lot of states, it was illegal to be married interracially at the time. Um, And they were both really high up in the uh, NAACP locally. So they held stature. They held stature. Yeah, they were... Well-respected couple. Right, yeah. So getting into the story of Betty and Barney Hill on September 19th, 1961... They were traveling home from a weekend vacation in Niagara Falls, and they made a stop in Montreal as well. As Barney was driving, Betty noticed a bright light in the sky that moved below the moon and the planet Jupiter. Betty initially tried to make sense of it and say it was a shooting star. She was just able to see Jupiter in the sky and know, like, oh, look at that light. So that tidbit comes from people trying to debunk it later on. Because it's a, there's people that debunk it saying that all they saw was Jupiter, but where they pinpoint it, where they're pinpointing it in the sky. So it was just a night when Jupiter was visible, right? And debunkers say, "Oh, you just saw the planet. You weren't, you're not used to seeing it. That we understand. That's that's why it scared you, right? But clearly, based on what she's saying, that doesn't add up. I mean, I've never seen story. Jupiter. Fly well, but I mean, out of the Jupiter's sky. probably not going to move around. Well, that's like what I'm saying. Yeah. Claims, yeah. So Betty initially tried to say that it or make sense of it, say that it was a shooting star. Maybe she wished, made a wish to be abducted <laughs> later that night. And but it started going back. Please just somebody probe my husband and take his semen from him unwillingly. <laughs> We're just trying to get to the first paragraph here. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. We keep I keep interrupting. With no, you're fine. Shit. We got to try and make this one a little bit without. When you wish it. upon a star, Barney sperm goes in the jar. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that that's that's how it was sung on Gene Simmons' solo album, right? <laughs> so she tried making sense of it that it was a shooting star, but it started moving upward as it got closer and brighter. She asked Barney to to pull off the side of the road to get a closer look at it, and Barney. And throughout the whole story, we'll say Barney just—he wants nothing to do with this whole, this whole situation. He's a rational, common sense man, <laughs> right? Um, so he agrees to pull over, and so they can. And he uses the excuse that they can let their dog out. 
which was named Delzy. It's like a little wiener dog. That's cute. Yeah. We'll post a picture of it on, on Twitter. Of Delzy? Yeah. We have a picture of the dog? Yeah, you've never seen the picture of Betty and Barney so. Hill? Nice. It's like a family portrait. It's the two of them together. Oh, and yes, the I have seen that. It's like from the, <laughs> the Sears portrait studio. Yeah. yeah. So I'm posting With a Delzy. portrait of them, but I'm, you want me to post a picture just of the fucking wiener dog? No, it's a portrait of those two standing. Oh, okay. They're holding their dog <laughs> like, like it's their child. Like, oh, we'll post a picture of Delzy. Okay, I guess <laughs> I'm going to post a picture. They of didn't have kids. They got their portraits <laughs> at Sears on right. Sunday afternoon with Delzy. I'm taking notes right now. Family photo. Look for it on Twitter and Instagram. So Barney used stopping the car so for Betty to get a closer look at it. He used an excuse to let the dog out. It's it's worth noting that Betty was a super boring person. Like nothing excited her, but she was super just like she was super jacked up about this. She really she was, was always like, just a laid back, chilled person. Yeah, she really thought that this was some, like you know that this was something that they you know something weird they were seeing. So Barney stopped the car at a picnic area um, south of Twin Mountain. Twin, so Twin Mountain, where they're back now in the states. Are they? In, yeah, it's in New Hampshire. In New Hampshire, yeah. Okay, so that's where this kind of takes place. They weren't in Canada. We right. Can't blame, we can't blame this on the Canadians. No. Okay. <laughs> it's not the Canucks. So Betty took out binoculars to look at the object, and she described it as being an odd-shaped craft that had flashing lights. Uh, like multiple colored flashing lights. Her sister had claimed to see a UFO years earlier, so I'm guessing that's where like her excitement mm. came from. Maybe she this. was jealous and wanted her own <laughs> UFO story. Well, there's something to that. We've got the first motive of the evening. So Betty audibly said that to Barney, like brought up the fact that her sister had seen something and was like, maybe that's what we're seeing. And Barney, you know, just let me drive. Playing, let me drive. It off, right. Get back in the car. Yeah, come on. Now. <laughs> he he just kept saying it was a commercial airliner, was what he was explaining it as. Barney changed his mind on the object when it turned and then started rapidly descending towards them. But he still didn't wasn't buying the whole UFO thing or, or aliens or anything like that. He thought it was. He initially thought it was like the military fucking around. Like doing some kind of test. Right, and, and just they like just saw a car and just like, started. Let's go scare the shit out of these people. Right. These innocent people just trying to drive home. Which right. is plausible. So once it started descending into their direction, Bar- they got back in the car and they started driving toward Franconia Notch, which is a state park also in New Hampshire. It's on their way home. Um, and it's like a described as a really narrow mountain road just kind of weaving around right going down the mountain or up the mountain betty insisted that barney just drive slow so she could still look at the object so it's following them then right they they can still see it allegedly still following them is right. what betty's saying yeah and i mean barney they can still see it too i guess um at that point betty estimated that it was 40 feet long and it seemed to be rotating hmm. like it was Flying, but it was like the actual object was spinning while moving. Right. Alien technology. Anti-gravitational. What was the wiener dog doing at this point? Was the wiener dog scared? Was was the wiener scared stiff? (laughs) (laughs) There really isn't much talk about what Dalsy's up to. 
Just chilling in the they back. They didn't take copious notes on the activity <laughs> of the wiener dog. Well, I don't know. He's telling me to tweet out a photo all of a sudden of a wiener dog. <laughs> I was like, what, what does that have to do with it? Was was the wiener dog probed? Did they probe the wiener? <laughs> this is a hard-hitting <laughs> podcast, folks. Right. We ask the tough questions. As they're driving through the, the state park route, they get south of Indian Head, and the hill said that it descended even more and started coming directly toward their vehicle. And it caused Barney to stop in the middle of the road. And they claim that it hovered silently between 80 to 100 feet in the air above their vehicle. Which is not that high up. Not at all. That's no. right there. Like you, you feel like you could probably throw a rock and hit it. You right. can't, but you feel like you could. And this is dead silent is what they're saying. They said. You yeah, said, no noise. No noise. Right. So there's just big ass object. I mean. Imagine then whether whether you believe in that stuff or not. Imagine you're driving down a back road and this is happening. What do you do? Well, that's my question to Ian. Does he immediately jump out and start yelling, take me, take me? <laughs> Put me. That that was the uh the fire in the sky approach. If Go you right have, underneath and look Yeah, if it. you've ever watched any interviews with what's that guy's uh Travis, Travis Walton. Yeah, Travis Walton. He uh him and his brother were super into UFOs. While Travis Walton was missing, he was like, he, his brother bought the whole UFO story. It was like, I'm not really worried because we already had a plan. If we ever saw one, we were going to go right up underneath of it and try and <laughs> try right, and see what's right. going on. It so. reminds me of Independence Day, that scene when those people are on top of that building in New York City, holding up the sign <laughs> we saying, love you, welcome, we welcome. love you, take us first. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. Anything alien, I'm just going to revert back to Men in Black or Independence Day, because that is my only knowledge. And when I say Men in Black, Ian, you and I have different versions of what Men in Black is. Yeah. To me, it's Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. I'll sing the song if you want, but I'll spare you for now. <laughs> if I were to encounter something like this, I would probably be absolutely terrified. And I'm just basing. How could you not? Be? Well, I'm basing that off a dream I had because when we initially researched this, and I was going like real hard on it, read why well, I'd read the book a couple weeks earlier, but then I was like going harder and harder on it. I fell asleep listening to their hypnosis tapes, and I had a dream that basically had a dream about what they were talking about, like a yeah. alien craft came down, and everything, and I in my dream I was yelling, but I ended up yelling out in real life. And Angie woke me up and said, what the fuck is happening to you right now? And I told her I was, and she was like, you need to take a break with the aliens. Like, stop falling asleep to this shit. You probably self-hypnotized I was just going to ask that. Did you hypnotize yourself? You let them get you. Maybe it really happened to me, though. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Maybe, man. (laughs) They're interdimensional beings. It could have. I guess so. Sure. Maybe it was in my reality at that time. I think we're going down a a rabbit hole of a whole different conversation (laughs) now about dreams and realities. All right, so Barney took the approach, which I would not have taken. He got out of the car and walked towards it with his gun, which... It's better than not having the gun. Yeah. Not sure how effective the old six-shooter is going to be against I, the yeah. aliens. I mean, I, okay, sure. So he's just going to go charge him. I I think Barney's probably seen enough shit, too. Married to a white woman in the 60s. And at that time, he was kind of... He was older, so he grew up through a lot of... Nasty shit. Civil rights, and I would imagine. Right, I would imagine, you know. And he seemed like he had a fuck you attitude about him, so that's probably. He's probably like, fuck this. And in his mind, maybe this was some kind of racial discrimination. Yeah. He doesn't know. Well, he says that he didn't think this was aliens or anything like it at the time. So I think he 
just a guy out of the car and was like, fuck this, you know. He's fuck probably me. always on guard. You know? Fuck he me. No, no. Deal with assholes. <laughs> right. He does talk about it in the in the hypnosis transcripts. They're, they're super long, but they're if you read them, read all of them, they, it, he goes into talking about like, we're at a restaurant and I feel like everybody's looking at us, no, you know, I'm and I don't, sure. I don't know if we're safe in this area, yeah. shit like that. I'm sure so. it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So he was ready to shoot a son of a bitch if he right. had to. But when he got out, he was taken back when he walked towards it because he could see eight to 11 humanoid figures looking back at him through the craft's windows. So through the binoculars, he's looking up at this thing. Right. Maybe 100 feet above. Yeah. And he sees these figures in the windows. Right. That's when you get back in your car and get fuck out of there. Yeah. I would agree with that. Well, so all of them, all of the figures in the windows walk back, but one stayed looking out the window back at Barney. And it was love at first sight. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Barney said that the um, that the and this was came out later in hypnosis, but that whatever was standing there communicated to him and said, "Stay where you are and keep looking." Telepathically, right? He didn't hear. You know, I mean, it. Right. You know, he didn't hear it out loud, but. In his mind, he just. In went, his this mind, is what this thing's telling me to do. Right. He said that they were all wearing uh, matching black uniforms, and just something about them didn't seem human. Because he couldn't quite make them out. Because right through the binoculars. Okay. But he could just he could tell mm-hmm. that they didn't look like human beings. And that's a good side note too, because somehow in pop culture, aliens have all all of a sudden become nude, like naked. Right. Like, they don't wear clothes, right? But everything back in the 60s and, like, the Betty and Dreesen abduction and all these, all this stuff, they're always wearing, like, these little jumpsuit well, that's things. Well, so that's interesting. How did that start, then? I have no what idea. What was the first report of naked greys or whatever? Some disinformation hmm. government shit. So that we're going to blame on disinformation. <laughs> okay. Got it. So they recount the wings with red lights on it on them came out from the sides of the object and at that time it was estimated to have moved 50 to 80 feet above and about 300 feet away from their car which is it's a weird um it's a weird note because you don't really ever hear about wings with ufos really yeah when like right with my limited knowledge i never thought you know you think of ufo you think like a flying saucer type thing right but to have you know wings that's or like a triangle or something but not something that actually has like wings come out of it Barney, at that point, he it like kind of hit him like we. I need to get the fuck out of here. He rushed back to the vehicle, told Betty they're gonna capture us. At that time, he's still not really thinking that it's aliens or UFOs. He just thinks that something fucked up's going on. Right. Well, he saw humanoids though. Yeah, he's got to think it's something that's not great. Right. Yeah, he saw somebody. I don't know. Right. I mean, he saw right, a, right away. Maybe he's not thinking they yeah. don't look human. Yeah, I think maybe like the quotes that I pulled in here are coming from back in the hypnosis thing too, like saying that they're like they didn't quite look human. Mm-hmm. So the first time he said they didn't quite look human was well after, like, right? They came yeah. Back to okay. And I think we'll we'll touch on that here in a bit. They got back in the car and and Barney started driving away super fast, just trying to get out of there. And at that time. They Betty said that she had heard a beeping sound and that the car started to vibrate and like a tingling sensation Ooh, went through that their bodies. Fun. 
and it left him like real confused and just kind of hazy feeling. A second beeping noise brought them out of like the, the foggy headed state. And they had traveled about 35 miles south, but only had a vague memory of the road. And they took an unplanned turn encountering a roadblock and seeing a fiery orb in the road. So they heard a beeping. Right. And then essentially kind of went into a trance. That's what it sounds like. And then they they, they come to, after another beep, 35 miles away and at a wrong turn that wasn't their route. Right. With a fiery orb. With a fiery orb in the middle of the road. Yeah. And the beeps are something that, as we do more episodes and get into alien stuff, the beeps are always getting brought up, especially with the men in black. Hmm. Like when they make phone calls to people, there's always beeping that starts it off. They're making phone calls to people. Oh, yeah. They're spamming motherfuckers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We all get those calls every single day, but I've never heard a beep. I actually don't answer them, though, either, so I guess that helps. Start answering them. No, I don't want that. I'm not rooting for this to happen like you are. You're answering everyone like, please let there be a beat. Please let there be a beat. Please let there be a beat. Hi, Mike. This is Rachel from Card Services. Right. <laughs> Fuck you, Rachel. I wish I was getting probed right now. <laughs> Hang up the phone, Rachel. <laughs> Tell your boss to fuck himself, too. Or herself. It could be a female boss. Not just a male boss. I'm trying to be sexist. <laughs> Fucking Rachel. Fuck you. Touched a nerve here. <laughs> Hate I was those calls. Him like a hundred times a day. How many calls do you get a day? I had two today alone. Two? I had like fifteen today. Yes, oh, every day. day. I don't. My get phone gets blown up. So just feeling real foggy headed and just out of sorts. They ride back home on September twentieth, and they recall later on recalled strange behavior that they were having, where Betty felt that she had to keep all of the luggage back at the back door and fear of radiation so they saw the orb right and then they just they were aware and conscious and hazy but just drove home yeah almost like in a funk like okay we know we're not we're supposed to be right now right and we're looking at something this is the way to home the other way let's go that way and get home and they just kind of drive home like in a funk right the only sense that i can make of the orb aspect of the story is it was like the aliens dropping them back off. Yeah, like guiding them. Right, guiding putting them, them back home. on their way, yeah, on their that way home. Sense. That's the only They couldn't have just been fucked up and passed like a shell station, and it was like the big yellow red lights. Did shell exist in 61? I don't know. I don't know the history of shell yeah. gas. Probably. In the middle of a mountain road. Probably. We got to fill up somewhere, man. <laughs> Truck driver's got to stop and get a Snickers and a Diet Coke at some place. Maybe it was like Moses with the burning bush. He was just coming back yes. randomly and... In uh, New Hampshire, coming down. <laughs> That's what they say in Ancient Aliens. What? That the burning bush is a... An alien? Yeah. It's like a side... Or it's like a translation for... That's yeah. a UFO. Well, it wasn't a burning bush, so that's plausible. So they... In this hazy funk, they they get home. Right. They get home and they're both feeling weird, awkward about something. Yeah. She left the luggage outside because of what you said, which fear of radiation. Right. Okay. And then Barney noticed that the leather strap on his binoculars was snapped in half. And then his dress shoes had scuffs on the tops of them, which didn't make sense. Like it was being like he was being drugged. It's like a lot of noticing things that you can't remember or why they happened. Right. Yeah. Happens to us like every Sunday morning when you wake the fuck up hungover and you're like, wait, why? What what are are my knuckles bruised? Why does my (laughs) neck hurt? Where's my money? Did I leave my ID at the bar? 
It's like my debit card story of Xbox. I think I told that. That's a really good story. You should tell that again just because. Waking up uh, playing Xbox with my brother, drinking a ton of beer. What was I drinking? What did I say I was drinking that night? Absinthe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, An entire bottle. The Blackout Stout from Great Lakes. Oh, it's good stuff. Yeah. It's heavy. Yeah. I woke up. I fell asleep on the couch and woke up in the morning and the Xbox controller was there and then the debit card was laying next to it. I'm like, the fuck did I buy? <laughs> Why do I have 10 copies of Tetris? <laughs> and Girls Gone Wild volume 17. <laughs> Loading on my television right now. <laughs> the world may never know. So Barney's dress shoes too. It said a lot that those were his best dress shoes. So I'm sure he was pretty pissed off about that. But the other weird thing is they always talk about him like he was a real snappy dresser and shit like that mm. and stuff. But he just looks like a normal dude to me. Like, I don't know if it's because he's like in a, if it's like side like racism going on there. Like, oh, he's a real snazzy dresser. Mm. It's just weird, weird how they are. Because he wasn't dressed in like tore up clothes or like, you know, like maybe looking like they may have had a perspective of, oh, he doesn't look like he's from the inner city. Right. Like, oh, he's wearing yeah. like khaki pants and a collared shirt. He's a real snazzy dresser. Yeah. they But they always point out, like, the way he dressed in his shoes, which is kind of weird. Or do they just point it out because they want you to believe this story? What do you mean? <laughs> Maybe they point it out like, oh, he was always so snazzy. He would never have had scuffs on his shoes. Well, he said they were his best dress shoes. Why would the tops be all fucked up on him? Well, I don't ever. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, you're questioning the scuffs? I'm. You don't even believe the scuffs on the shoes occurred? No, no, no. I believe there were scuffs on the shoes. I'm just making a point that maybe it was more. It was. It was exaggerated how well dressed he was to make the story more believable. I mean, he did look like a well dressed dude, but it was nothing like the pictures I've seen. He looked like a well dressed man, well put together, but I did not see one photo of his shoes in those pictures. Delcy was standing in front of him. The big wiener was in the way. (laughs) Big wiener was blocking the shoes. That one picture I saw, that the wiener dog does look very big. It might just be the angle. I mean, I don't know if it's really a wiener dog or not. I don't know what kind of dog. Well, it kills the whole thing if it's not now. Looks like a wiener dog. Someone's looks like correct. Somebody will correct us when they hear this, and we'll all feel shame because of it. So, aside from Barney's shoes being all fucked up, he felt the urge to go in the shower and check out his genitals and make sure that they were okay. How's that different than any other guy on any other day? Well, I do a post-check genitalia. I do a post-trip uh, genitalia check whenever I'm traveling. Why not? Who doesn't? Yeah, a lot of travel. You're sweaty all day. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Got to make sure your balls are still there. Yeah. So Barney, he wants he he decides kind of out of nowhere. I'm gonna go take a shower, and I, I have this urge to check my genitalia. Right. So they both took long showers and then decided to draw pictures of what they saw, and both of their pictures added up. They didn't like talk to each other. They just kind right. of did their own thing, and then when they showed it, hey, that's what I experienced too. Right. But so she didn't get out of the car. Does she see the humanoids from the car? No. So what, what did so she draw? The just the like the object. Okay. The orb yeah, or the ship? Yeah, just the the, the ship, object the, that they saw. Yeah. Okay. Did he ever bring up? Because I know you said he was kind of in denial about this. Did he ever bring up to her at this point the 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 figures that he saw or the the no. what they had they told him to stay put? Like he didn't want any part of that. Yeah. No, he didn't bring any of that up. They tried to recount the whole experience. But right after they heard the beeping sounds, they couldn't really piece much of anything together. 
So they laid down and took a nap, and then Betty brought in the luggage finally, and she found that her best dress had, uh, it was torn at the hem, the zipper, and the lining of it. And she also noted that it had pink powder on it, um, and she put it out on the clothesline, and the pink powder blew away. But she says that there was some kind of pink powder all over it. Was this the dress she had been wearing that that night driving home? Yeah. Okay. So she took it off and put it in her luggage on the drive home? No, when they got home after a shower. She hung it up. She hung it I up. See. Okay. Yeah. After I'm sorry, a I was misunderstanding. I yeah. thought you had said she had taken that out of her luggage. No, she just took it off when she got home. Right. And noticed there was it was rips in it and pink powder. Yeah. When they went back out when they went outside and looked at the car where they because they said that the beeping sounds were happening from behind them, they noticed some like shiny metallic circles on the back of the car that weren't there before. And because her sister had claimed to have seen a UFO before and her sister's neighbor was I'm not sure if he was a physicist or what type of scientist he was exactly. But when her sister told him about the circles, he recommended putting a compass next to him and seeing what happened. And when Betty went out there to put a compass next to the circles, it just spun around. In that it's interesting. crazy, right. just spun around fast. Yeah, and then when she pulled it away, it, it went back to normal. What does that mean? Is there anything to that in the alien community? Handbook? Yeah, the handbook. The, the you know any any other reports of like something like that happening? Well, I mean, there's reports of people saying like their watch will stop, like their watch will mm-hmm. just die, or you know something like that. Hmm. So I don't know if it's like you know the mag. I would have guessed mag. You know something with the magnets. Right? Isn't that how a compass like, works? Yeah, like it disrupts magnetic north, the material in the car or something like that. Oh, I'm, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to make of that one. I mean, there's lots of stuff with UFOs, like I said, with like your your stop, your uh, your watch stops working and right shit like that. But so she tried that, and that's what happened. Right. So the day after September 21st, Betty reported the in- incident to the Pease Air Force Base, and because she didn't want to be thought of as a crazy person she held a lot of the details back and on september 22nd major paul henderson contacted betty by phone and he wrote a report on september 26th that he had stated that they mistaken the planet jupiter for a ufo like i was saying earlier and that one was submitted to project blue book which was the air force's studies into ufos at the time like that was their official out in the open public and in all fairness to this major Paul Henderson, if she withheld details, maybe they they could have realistically thought, oh, you were just looking at Jupiter. You saw a bright light in the sky right. under the moon. Yeah. If she's if she's leaving out the details that she thinks makes her sound crazy, very well could have been Jupiter. And it's the most plausible explanation. Sure, still is. And so Project Blue Book, that's the one that determined that it, the it was just weather balloons in Roswell, correct? Yeah, they're yeah they're famous for weather balloons and uh, Project Blue Book. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go pl- Project Blue Book is just like their blanket that they throw on any conspiracy that they're just like it was a legitimate we don't investigation to look at the the yeah it was UFO a, sightings yeah it was their official. I mean, they had a couple going on at the time, but okay, that was so their pl- Project Blue Book's actual was designed to investigate UFO alleged reports. UFOs. Right, got it. Or cover them up, some would say. That's where my other dude, J. Allen Hynek, comes from. He was a top researcher on that, and it flipped him. 
Did we discuss him? I might have talked. I probably talked about him at one point. Uh, maybe I'm mixing him up with someone. That's all right. So Betty, still fascinated by the whole thing, won't drop it. She probably just wants to talk about it nonstop with Barney. Oh my like, god! Oh, just shut to a complete up. like resolution. Like, let's talk about why we saw it and what we can do to not have that happen again. <laughs> and he woke up and he's just like, "Let's move on with our lives. I'm over it. Let's I'll expo- get new shoes, woman." <laughs> Let's explore the reason this happened to us. And talk about our feelings and why we were. Uh, it, it adds up with the story. She wouldn't let it go, and he he was ready to be done with it. Right? Yeah, and that's kind of the moral of this, or that's a reoccurring theme throughout this whole story. So she started going to the library to get books on UFOs and read up on the subject. So Betty started going to the library to read books on UFOs. And came across a book written by retired Marine Corps, retired Marine Corps Major Donald Kehoe, which he's no relation to me. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> Although it, my my dad always likes to point that out because Donald <laughs> Kehoe is brought up multiple times within the UFO community and keeping that and family things. tradition yeah. going. So then, you're aren't part you? of the conspiracy, aren't right? you? Look at this. A dream come true for you. Right. Want to give a speech? Nah. <laughs> Inside agent. <laughs> Donald Kehoe was the head of NICAP, which was a civilian, or it is a civilian UFO research group, and they're competitors of MUFON. Do NICAP and MUFON get along? No. It's a big, like, Bloods, Crips type thing. and They don't have ice cream socials and get together and <laughs> they're the, compare notes. There are no UFO research groups that get along. So... Like, okay, just real quick, and you, we don't have to go into a whole thing about this because I want to, I obviously want to get to Betty and Barney Hill story. Mm. Nightcap and MUFON, like, why Why is there so much hostility between the two? What's the difference? Because um, it's like, a bunch Will, of... Will Smith's better. Tommy Lee Jones is better. No. It, well, it's a bunch of... It's a bunch of nerds that all want to get the first ta- the the hot scoop on on the alien activity going on. So if there when there's an alleged abduction or a sighting, mm-hmm. they're both sending out troops to oh, the yeah. sites. Yeah, go get the scoop. Go get go find yeah. out what's going on. It's like in Twister when they had the. That's exactly the, what I was the, thinking the, of. What a tornado chase! I felt I made enough movie references tonight, so I'm glad you said that. Jonas, son of a bitch. <laughs> Twister fans would love that. Everyone else is like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then suddenly Jonas is gone and there's only one team left. So, well, if only one, if, but if one of these people got sucked up into something, they'd all love it. They'd mark out for it. Well, that's what I did. Well, that's what I was telling you, uh, with your father-in-law, with the UFO pictures that you were sending. Yeah, he's got tons of them. He sees them all the time. But I text you and. When I texted you and said that, uh, tell them to turn it into MUFON, and then the, they'll be out there like like Ghostbusters. That's not far from reality. If he mm. submitted that, they would probably try and say, like, hey, can they, we come out there? Or they would just come out there on their own and try and figure out where those pictures were taken from. And Why did you pick MUFON, though? You prefer them over NICAP? Are yeah. you a MUFON? Yeah. I like MUFON better. Okay. What does MUFON stand for? The Mutual UFO Network. Hmm. And so what does NICAP stand for? It's the uh, National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena. All right. It's a bit wordy. A little wordy. I like MUFON better. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and just a little, another thing on NICAP, they're, they are known for being super aggressive. With like questioning people? Yeah, like- they're kind of, some of the men in black stuff from 
from back in the day is attributed to them with them like showing up in these like real like West Virginia type areas and and like getting real not confrontational but like saying you know don't share your story with anybody else we want the information hmm. and then people that aren't used to that back in the 60s or 70s right. like get kind of freaked out and they're like oh so and and for real I'm not making a joke when you right. say men in black mm-hmm. some people are going to think the movie like me cuz yeah. they don't know like what do you mean by men in black when you say that like cuz you're not talking about the movie right well, we'll do an episode on it because it's a deep dive. Okay. You could, I mean, are they demons? Are they aliens? So there's a whole conspiracy yeah. as or to are who, they... who or what the men in black are. Right. It's not just government agents who no. come and investigate aliens and save the day. It's either demons, aliens, or nerds from NICAP okay. being aggressive with backwoods people out in West Virginia. All right, so she wrote the letter to Donald Kehoe, and he and she then that time she told the whole story to him with the... Barney seeing the humanoids, the whole deal. Um, he passed it on to Walter Webb, which was a member of NICAP. And then on October 21st, 1961, Webb interviewed Betty and Barney Hill on everything they could remember. Um, Barney stated that he had a mental break or a mental block from some of the details. And he thought that it was just stuff that he wished that he couldn't remember, that he didn't want to remember. Um, in Webb's initial report, he stated that he believed them. And aside from minor, he believed everything that they said aside from minor details like measurements and how far the right. craft was away from So they were credible like witnesses. Right. So 1961, November 1961, Betty starts writing down details of dreams that she had, that she had been having. She detailed going back to the fiery orb, having dreams about that, where, but in her dream there was also men standing in the road along with the, with the roadblock and surrounded her car. She lost consciousness but struggled to regain it. Um, and then she realized she was being forced by two small men to walk into the forest and seeing Barney walking behind her. And she says, though she calls out to him, he was like in some kind of like sleepwalking trance. And this is a dream she had that she's recalling she right these are all dreams the next day and this is she starts bringing up they, how they describe the aliens in her dreams they're kind of where we get modern ufos from is from their story she said they were about five feet to five feet four inches tall and they wore matching blue uniforms barney just initially said black but she's saying blue and they all had um, hats similar to like military cadet hats. She said that they appeared nearly human with black hair and dark eyes, prominent noses and bluish lips. Their skin was like a grayish color. So that's where we get the description of the grays from, right? Yeah. So this is the birth kind of that of, term right grays. And then and that also goes back to like the whole men in black thing too. Where it's like they're trying if you if you think if you think that men in black are actually aliens, that they're and they're able to present themselves in this dimension as close to what we would accept as possible. They're able they're, to change themselves to present themselves as looking humanish. So you, even though they might not actually look humanish. Right. Or you could go down the route of they actually look like straight up aliens or something not, but then our brains are trying to make them look as 
make sense of what they look like, but there's still something off about them. Yeah. You know what I mean? That makes sense. I mean, I understand yeah. that what you're saying. Sure. So I, I don't know if we talked, we, we probably talked about it. I know me and you have talked about it before with like the, um, the accounts from native Americans when we first came in on boats and they just really couldn't grasp what they were looking at. Cause they had never seen talking about that. No? Before. no. Yeah. There, there's writing, there's native American writings where they're, they're like trying to describe boats coming in. They just, they couldn't, they couldn't describe what a boat was or what the people on them look like. Just the whole ordeal. Like nothing looked familiar to them at all. So nothing in their language could describe it. Right. I think, I think you try to make your, I think your mind just naturally tries to make sense of, of something. And so that's kind of what, that's one of the beliefs of the men in black is that maybe they do look different. We're trying to make sense of it. So we see them as human ish, but maybe not perfect human beings. Or maybe aliens just kind of do look like humans. just a little off. Just like West Virginians. (laughs) <laughs> just maligned the whole state <laughs> and here we go <laughs> we love Kentucky though you know, Kentucky's great love it Louisville's a great town I have a lot of fun in Louisville so also in Betty's dreams she says that her and Barney were walked up the ramp of a disc shaped object that was metallic in appearance and once inside, they were separated, and she tried to argue against them being separated with what she called the leader. And she says that she was told that if they were examined together, it would take a lot longer to conduct the exams. It's like a couple's massage. Right. <laughs> but who wants to have the massage together and just go to your separate ways? Well, you're not going to get a happy ending. Right. If you're... I've seen couples retreat. I know how it works. <laughs> Another movie reference. <laughs> So they split them up. They take them into this aircraft. Right. And again, this is her dreams, right? Yeah, these are still dreams. Ale- uh, these are Betty's dreams. They take them in the aircraft, and then they they tell them, we're going to separate you because it'll be quicker. Right. She said that the, the examinations were conducted by a different man, and she called him the examiner. Um, she said he had a pleasant, calm demeanor about him, and she said that the leader and the examiner spoke to her in English, they had like a weird accent to them. Like they could, they didn't really something a little off, right? Something was off about them. Like their dialect or right. Like they were from Northern Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> How many States can we shit on in one episode? <laughs> so you're the human fellow we're going to look at. <laughs> so the examiner told Betty that he would conduct a few tests to note difference between humans and them being the aliens or whoever was on the craft. In her dream, he put her in a chair and turned on a bright light on her and he cut off a lock of her hair, examined her eyes, ears, mouth, teeth, throat, and hands. He shaved trimmings off of her fingernails. Gross. Yeah. (laughs) And after examining her legs and feet, he then used a dull knife and she described it as a letter opener to scrape off some of her skin. Oh, gosh. Nice. Into... Ed Gein would have been proud. <laughs> Could have used that into a lampshade. Or... <laughs> it, she described it as like cellophane that he scraped it off into. Hmm. Um, she said that he then tested her nervous system and put a needle into her belly button. Jesus. Which caused agonizing pain to then he... 
waved his hand in front of her eyes and the pain went away. That's a common abduction thing too. The belly button? waving of the hand or the the waving of the hand, oh, like where the they're button. able to like put their hand and like tell you to calm down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is it weird that I'm like extra sensitive with like my belly button? I or, hate like, my belly seeing, button being touched. Like seeing someone's belly button get touched. Not that you see that all the time. Like that just it it gives me this uncomfortable feeling and like pain. Yeah. Like I I don't know. It's just like like if you ever went to like touch and you were like gonna touch me in the belly button, like I'd be physical about it. Like don't <laughs> don't. I was touch thinking me. of standing up and walking over there right <laughs> now. Dave, you can try at your own risk. <laughs> I don't know. It's just weird. Like I don't belly buttons are just not they're not gross. I just am extra sensitive. I don't know. Maybe that's fucking weird. I don't like being touched. Now the that's aliens are going to fucking get me. They're going to probe my belly. I don't belly like button. anyone touching me. Period, let alone. Well, sure. Navel. Yeah. Sure. I prefer yeah. to say belly button, I think. Navel's belly button. An orange. Navel's, yeah. Well, I had, I had navel in the outline, but I skipped, I, I decided belly button. It's just a weird I don't word. like my face touched either. Another one. By like anybody or just yeah, I mean, I don't want my face touched, period, really. Right. I mean, there's certain people in my life that if they touch, I'm not going to punch them. But <laughs> if someone... Give them a wet willy on both sides. <laughs> well, that's not quite my face. How about a wet willy to the belly button? Ooh, that's real uh, fucked up. That's disgusting. Yeah, we haven't talked about the wiener dog in a while. I think Delzy's part in this story is over. Fuck. Well, all right. Thanks, folks. Tune in next week. We're going to talk about uh, some more serial killers, probably. And uh, thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe. Do you have anything to promote? You got any social media? Oh, they got it all. They got it all on Twitter and Instagram and at Necronomapod. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. All right. So Betty, she says that the examiner left the room and had a conversation with the the person that she called the leader and she was just kind of sounds like she was just wandering around while they were talking and she picked up a book that had a bunch of strange symbols that the leader said she could take with her she also said or she also asked where they came from and they pulled down what she described as like a instructional map that showed a star system of where they came from and she said it was like like weird, like it was almost like three D looking. Hmm. Like it was almost like a like a screen. Yeah, or kinda. like was it like a, it wasn't like a paper map that you used to have like in grade school. No, it yeah. was like a screen, like almost like a touch screen type. Right. And we're talking about nineteen sixty one. Right. In the end of her dreams, the men escorted them back. Were escorting them back to their car, and they had a disagreement among themselves in their their own language. And the leader told her she couldn't take the book with her, and they took it back from her. Um, and Betty had insisted they, and the leader had told them that they didn't want her to remember the encounter. And she said, no matter what they did, she would remember, you know, kind of protesting the whole situation. Yeah. And she and Barney were taken back to the car where the leader suggested that they would, that they should just wait and watch the UFO depart. And they did, and resumed their drive. And I'm guessing, if we're going to take this at face value, that's where, like, the fiery orb thing comes from. Yeah. Why would the leader request that they watch them depart? Maybe that's what broke their hypnosis. Yeah, maybe that has something to do with them not remembering the whole situation. Did Barney have these types of dreams as well? No. Only Betty. Well, nothing to do with this shit. Probably slept on the couch. Only her. She probably slept on the couch. Who... 
hey, <laughs> might be comfortable. <laughs> Only Betty, whose sister had a similar experience with the UFO. Well, she saw a UFO. Are you suggesting she wanted to one-up her sister? Her uh, sister planted the seed. She said, I bet I can see an alien. I don't know. I do not believe she was trying to one-up her sister. I think when you want to believe something badly enough, your mind can often play tricks on you. I've had no tricks played on me. I'm well, still waiting for you. Harder, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. And you know what? And well, let's finish the story. I do want to hear the rest of the story, and then we'll give we'll give final thoughts and arguments and knockout blows. So on November 25th, the Hills were interviewed again by NICAP. Uh, this time, C.D. Jackson and Robert Homan. Um, during this interview, the Hills realized that their four-hour trip actually had taken seven hours, so they were missing three hours of time. Yeah, that missing time's a weird thing. That they, yeah, that's that that's creepy to me. Yeah, because there might be some. I don't know. That just seems a little more believable to me. Right. NICAP suggested hypnosis to, with Barney didn't want anything to do with it. Betty, of course, was interested and thought it could help. Just put the issue to to bed with the dreams and everything. Because at this time they're like, well, we saw something weird, and now I'm having dreams. There wasn't, you know, Barney didn't have. Barney's He's probably still... trying to move past all of this. Right. Betty is having the dreams. Like, she's, whether she wants to or not, she's obsessing over it. Right. She wants to come to some kind of conclusion, some final answer. Right. And so they disclosed their experience to members of their local church. And through doing this, they were put in contact with uh, Dr. Benjamin Simon to undergo hypnosis. So hypnosis, that's a proven legitimate scientific method of uh, pulling back memories i believe so i if think we're gonna can, dive into this we can dive into this if you guys want i mean you can hop on your phone and look at webmd and it'll tell you it's it's a real, it's so, real science do we want to do this live right now that hypnosis is a legitimate proven science once you hop on youtube and pull up a self-hypnosis video now is and, it oh yeah is it gonna pull out here's the thing hypnosis is pro wrestling no. It's no, entertainment. No, it is no. not real. No. When has there ever been anything actually recorded, documented, that something was solved because of hypnosis? People have had surgery under hypnosis in, in lieu of anesthesia. I think you can be so concentrated on something that you're able to put out different feelings. Yeah, that's hypnosis. I, I, I don't believe that they, hypnosis can make you do things. I think you can block feelings. You can block some of your sensory. Are you thinking like like cartoon style hypnosis? I'm thinking where... like hypnosis is you can't. I you're not going to be hypnotized to the point where someone's going to like make you stand up and take your pants off, and you're not going to remember it. That's no, bullshit think, to me. I don't. No. I don't think so either. I don't think it makes. No, you're stuff thinking like. Your will. That's what I'm saying. You're thinking like cartoonish. Like I could hypnotize you and make you act like a chicken okay. or something. If you I were not, open to I that, do, then I do not. Maybe, think, maybe. I do not think yeah. hypnosis can make you remember things that you don't remember. Oh, I do. I do not. I think it's the same thing as like when I'm thinking of an image in my mind. If I'm thinking of an image in my mind, like while I'm thinking about it, I'm not actually seeing your face right now, Ian, as I look at you. Because when I'm thinking of like President Obama in my head, and I'm thinking of his face. I'm seeing his face. I'm not seeing you. And that's what I kind of think hypnosis is, is blocking off sensors, your 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 different senses. 
if you're focused so hard on someone who's holding a bell in front of you, but that's you're maybe not works, hearing though. things around you. Well, that's what I think hypnosis is. I don't think hypnosis is is you all of a sudden being able to remember these things. Maybe you're not clear on what it is, and you've come up with these opinions that aren't based on reality. But is there? But where is there proof that that this is actual for real? There is I, no proof that hypnosis is real. It's it's I fake. I don't think that's true. <laughs> no. That's I'm like saying there's no proof the Earth is round. Like I'm not sure what you're even the ex- the exact definition of hypnosis uses the word apparently loses. So there's no actual proof. It's apparently that they lose the power of voluntary action and is highly responsive to suggestion or direction. So you can suggest and direct someone to believe whatever you want them to believe. Right, and that's where you're talking about making people stand up and and do goofy shit. And I've right. seen those but this is coming shows. From, I believe those yeah. too. But this is coming from the, the so the the definition of it is that they can make you do whatever they want you to do. But when someone's just questioned, they're asking you about a they're just asking you questions. They're not leading you with questions. They're just asking, they're saying But are okay, they? so on this, a, yeah, I mean, every every description every uh video or sound clip that I've heard of hypnosis, they ask very leading questions. So with Betty and Barney Hill, you could make an you could make an argument that Betty's dreams are what put this shit into Barney's head. Sure. That's a legitimate argument. You I could don't make doubt you that. could make that argument. I don't doubt that. But like the only the only the the most major account I had and I brought it up uh before to you guys, I've heard the hip hypnosis of Sirhan Sirhan the guy who assassinated Bobby Kennedy, they asked very misleading or leading questions to to get him to admit and act out his assassination of Bobby Kennedy to the point where he stands up and they're saying, did you shoot him? Shoot him. Pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. And he starts acting it out. Well, that's not what happened here. But I'm when they're asking these leading questions, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see how you're getting any actual truth out of this. Oh, I mean, it's... It's like a lie detector test. It's not going to be admissible in court. Okay, so then it's how can you you put any value in it? I'm trying to think of an experiment we can do with Olivia Wilde to prove hypnosis. There has to be a can we get Olivia Wilde to do some hypnosis? (laughs) Can we hypnotize Olivia Wilde to come on the podcast? Well, I would say Dave will hypnotize you, but I feel like you can very quickly get yourself to a spot where you're with Olivia Wilde. (laughs) Yeah, we proved that last episode. I want to do an actual. Because I will admit, I don't know jack shit about a lot of this stuff that we discuss on here. I'm learning it as we go. Right. I would love to do an episode on hypnosis. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I will do an episode, and we can we can come up with some experiments, and I will try it, and I will try to keep the most open mind I can. I just I, don't I, see I, I how mean, people can say, oh, they, they were hypnotized. This must be real. They did this. So I think the problem with that is you don't believe it, so you're not going to be able to be hypnotized. And even if someone's hypnotized in front of you, I don't think you'll believe it. But then should we put so much stock in something that so many people don't really believe in? Well, I, I like mean, what's Barney to say, didn't believe it and Benjamin Simon. But what's to say he wasn't just playing under. along to get this over with? Well, let's get into these hypnosis sessions yeah, here and see what we think about You Barney. guys started this debate. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, we have legitimate opinions. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> so Dr. Simon started hypnotizing them on January 4th, 1964. And he concluded everything on June 6th, 1964. He hypnotized Barney first. His 
recall of witnessing non non-human figures was real emotional and then we played that in the in the intro with the music yeah, that was in the intro yeah. of the episode that's tough i mean that's that's creepy stuff yeah it's, i mean he was freaked out to hear i don't doubt that he should have won an academy award <laughs> so did he remember any of this before he was hypnotized he no, didn't right no none of it none or of did it. he just not ever talk about it he says that he didn't remember any of it so he could have just heard his wife her description over and over again right or he could have been hypnotized to kind of tap into something that he didn't know was there and and recalled it then right right um during his uh hypnosis he said that he kept his eyes closed during the abduction due to fear so he didn't even really see much of anything and based on the way he was reacting to it dr simon put him into a type of hypnosis where he wouldn't remember what they talked about when they when he came out of the hypnosis. So he had no when he came out he had no idea what he had even talked about. He doesn't remember what he said or anything. Right, like, like he got hypnotized, talked about or like he, he like claims he, he doesn't remember what he said. Right, you mean you hear no him freaking out, he wakes up and Was it ever played back to him? Did he hear Eventually. It? Okay. Which has to be creepy as fuck. If you didn't legit didn't remember and then you hear yourself freaking right. out, that would be terrifying. Under the hypnosis, Barney reported that the binocular strap had been broken when he tried to run away from the UFO back and get back into the car. And he recalled driving away from the UFO, but that afterwards he felt compelled to pull off the road and drive into the woods. And he said that there were six men standing there in the dirt road and the car had stalled and three of the men approached the car. Uh, They told Barney not to fear them. And then again, it was like that, hypno- like a uh, telepathic right. type they of communication. To him. They right. Just, he knew. How great would it be to have that capability? Just to like. Yeah, just like. <laughs> tell me whatever you have to so tell you, you talk about how Mike thinks the earth's flat. We, we, we won't even, we'll just. Well, I was going to say more like you go to a meet and greet with Olivia Wilde and then she just like knows you want to be inside of her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how it works, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't know who wouldn't want to be inside of Olivia. I finally looked her up today because I had. As long as we've been doing this so far, this past couple of weeks, I have still <laughs> yeah, no, have no idea who she was. So I, I looked her up today. So for those who've listened to the first few episodes, now they're on episode three, and now Ian's just figuring out who Olivia Wilde is. But hey, May Gusta. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what she was in. What I know her. I mean, I, she's familiar, I d- but I don't know anything she's in. What's she in? Like she started in the OC like way back. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And, the uh, the reality show? No, the o- I'm thinking Laguna Beach. The reality show. The OC yeah. was TV. like that. The OC was on like Fox or something. Yeah, kind of like yeah. teen yeah. soap opera okay. kind of deal. I think that's where she came. And then she was in House. And a know. bunch of cool movies. All right, she's terrific. She's doing all right for herself. She's got her. She's doing all well. right for Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was in that. Side note, she was in that show Vinyl on HBO that lasted for a year. Did you ever see that? Mm-hmm. I never heard she of it. She was completely naked, but she wore a, a merkin with the fake the fake vaginal hair. Really? Yeah, it was interesting. Merkin. Why? Did... Well, because there were big beavers <laughs> in the 70s, and the gotcha. show took place in the 70s. So she's not a method actor? No. I don't think she wanted to grow it out. Well, Jason well, Sudeikis probably didn't allow it, so she had to wear the Merkin. Okay. I need to look up who Jason I'm just saying. You put, <laughs> I'm so valid. I'm just saying. You put Robert De Niro in that role, he's going to grow his bush out. <laughs> he's going to. I believe I heard her on Howard last year talking about the Merkin. 
So. Yeah. All right. And you don't know who Jason Sudeikis is? No. You seen the movie uh, uh, Horrible Bosses? Yeah. He's one of those guys. He's one of the bosses? He's the one whose boss died and he, the son took over. You know, he's one of the main characters. You've seen the movie. Yeah, a long time. It was uh, I don't think you have. <laughs> <laughs> if we hypnotize you, I bet you remember it. Yeah, no. What else know. is he in? So, horrible. He doesn't remember horrible. Well, bosses. SNL. Like he he did was Mitt on SNL. Romney yeah. and uh, Joe Biden. Something else. He's. Uh, have you seen uh, We're the Millers? No. With Jennifer Aniston? Oh, that's a good Smoking one. Smoking hot. That's a really funny movie. I can talk all day about aliens and everything else, but and then celebrities. Actual pop culture yeah. that people are. <laughs> you, you that normal people it. would be interested in? You no. can't do it. Okay, so just remember vagina toupee. It's a Merkin. Merkin. Interesting. And I will, I'll Google Jason Sudeikis tonight, so. We'll tweet out a picture of Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> no, <laughs> we won't, because most of you fucks know who Jason Sudeikis is. On the, on the fourth the episode, I'll be 100% on board with what's happening. <laughs> Hypnotically, they told Barney not to fear them, and he was still... Telepathically. Ang- yeah, what did I say? hypnotically. Yeah, telepathically. He was being hypnotized. Right, yeah. Oh, um, was he? <laughs> so the notes in front of me fucking say... <laughs> While hypnotized, Barney said that he felt like, um, he said, quote, I felt like the eyes had been pushed into my eyes, which is fucking terrifying. Like me reading it doesn't really do it justice, but like hearing him like freak out and scream about it. That's horrible. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Barney described the beings as generally similar to what Betty's hypnotic recollections were not from her dreams. The beings often stared into his eyes. With a, he said, a terrifying, mesmerizing effect. So that's where hypnosis came from, actually, right? The, the magician Mesmer, father of hypnosis, mesmerize. Really? I believe so. It's interesting that you use those words, Ian, yeah. for this. <laughs> that's interesting. Did not know that. Yeah. In hypnosis, Barney, he kept, he really focused in on the way that their eyes looked. Something about their eyes really freaked him out. He went along with the same story that they had been taken onto a disc-shaped craft where they were separated, and he was taken into a room by three of the men and told to lie on a small rectangular exam table. And Barney's recollection was not nowhere near as detailed as Betty's was. Wait, his eyes closed the whole time, right? Right, that's what he said, that he had his eyes closed. Um, I probably would, too. He said that he had a cup-like device placed over his genitals, and he did not experience an orgasm, though he thought that a sperm sample had been taken. So, did he like feel it? Like, how does he? Why does he think that? I think that he was made to have an orgasm. He just didn't want to admit it. So the aliens got him off. Yeah. Hmm. Why do you think that? I mean, I would. Unless you have some theories on how else it came out. Well, I have some theories on all of this, but I don't know if we want to get into that just yet. We'll save that for the end. It's the first intergalactic hand job. Well, cup job, too. Cup really. job. Cup, cup job. job. <laughs> cup job. He, just like Betty, he said that they scraped some skin and they looked into his ears and mouth. In his account, a thin tube was inserted into his anus and then quickly removed. How quickly? seemed like he wanted the, the point to be stressed that it was quickly removed. Do you think it was inserted at the same time the cup was over the genitals? And Maybe that's the how they sample. did it. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, boom, boom, got it, go. Kind of yeah. like a rusty trombone uh, thing <laughs> yep. going on. Maybe that's how it works. Maybe that's how they, that's how it was invented. Hmm. Nice. 
Oh, you're saying mm-hmm. aliens invented that trick. You know what? If they're going to give us that, maybe I'll give them more belief. Did they invent the rusty trombone? <laughs> Did Barney Hill get off <laughs> because something was inserted into his anus? That's a fair scientific question. Possibly. Okay. I mean, it's We'll a, leave it up to the listener to decide. It's a better theory than it just happened. Because I don't know how else you would get sperm out. I mean, there's a I, there's a lot in this story that I don't know how it happened, but okay, just 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 ask. For, I feel bad for the guy. I do too. Barney's I having really, a tough time here. Based on the know. actual story of Barney, like he wanted nothing to do with this. He just wanted to live his life in peace. Something bad happened to him that night. He probably, put it by him. He probably, put it behind him. He put it behind him. That's what happens when you do drugs and fucking shit happens. And he was trying to move on with his life. Wait, no, 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 no. You said <laughs> the, he did this last time we talked about it. He throws in this doing drugs thing that, that, that they were do, that they were doing some kind of hallucinogens. And this is no, why this happened. No reference to that in this story. No, that's my reference to that. That is why this is this. <laughs> I like how you just tried to you tried to sneak that hey, in there real quick. <laughs> If, if I'm to hear this story and I don't believe, and, and again, we, maybe we should get to this at the end, but if I'm to hear this story and I am to believe something happened, I don't necessarily believe it's the aliens. So what made these people so fiercely believe it? Because like I said, I uh, believe in the last episode, the, uh, the uh, Art Bell one. I don't necessarily think some of these people are lying. I think they truly do believe it happened to them. But I don't actually believe it happened. Were they doing some kind of drugs? They were on vacation. You said they were on vacation. Maybe they were trying to loosen up a little bit. I don't know. I'm mm. just saying that's more plausible to me than an actual alien abduction. Because I know hallucinogens and drugs actually exist. We do not necessarily yeah, know that alien abductions happen. Do you think that any of the alien abductions that have been reported over the past 60 years have been true? I do do not know nearly enough about the genre. I know that what I've seen so far has not convinced me. Okay. But I Fair enough. I do not know for sure. Fair enough. They weren't uh, taking drugs though. Okay. <laughs> so shut the fuck up. So shut the fuck up about that right now. You just made that up out of nothing. Yeah, I, well, based on all this stuff they're saying, there's more evidence for the anal probe than your drug story. Well, maybe he was anally probed. Who knows? Betty might have, you know, shoved something up there while they were while they were drugged up on the side of the road. Maybe she shoved the wiener dog up his ass. I don't know. He's been missing since that part of the story. Where is he? Has anyone checked in on old uh, uh, Delcy? I think the aliens went out and uh, took Delcy for a walk while all this was taking place. Okay. Oh, yeah, now what was Delcy doing during yeah. this whole time? She was up his ass. He was probed by was Betty. She or he? They were fucked up on mushrooms. Oh, now, now they're doing shrooms. <laughs> well, I just said drugs. I don't know for sure. All right, all right. Well, Betty reported that a conversation with the leader that she understood in English, Barney said he had heard them speaking in a mumbling language that he didn't understand, yet he also understood them in English. Betty also mentioned that detail. So it, it lines up with those. They're, they're kind of reporting the same thing under hypnosis. Mumblers. I'd just like to make a correction from the earlier uh, segment where I referenced the tr- uh, rusty trombone. Rusty trombone is actually a rim job with a reach around, and that doesn't really apply to this situation. Oh, I was just we trying to reference like a- the Urban Dictionary in relation to this story. We did like a whole bit on that. Do we have to take that all out? It wasn't really a rusty trombone because I don't, I don't think the aliens gave Barney a rim job. So They could have. They could have. It's possible. Yeah, the hip- just wanted to clear the that up. The hypnotism did not bring that up. All right. So what I got we apologize for the rim job 
uh, yeah. misreference. There's no historical proof that Barney got a rim job from the aliens. That there's not. The few times that the aliens on the on the craft communicated with Barney, he said that it seemed to be a thought transference at that time, and he was unfamiliar with the word telepathy, so he didn't really understand what he was trying to describe. Sure. He was, he was explaining it. He just didn't know the, the word. Right. Both Betty and Barney stated they hadn't observed the being's mouth moving when they communicated in English with them. So the only time that they saw the the alien's mouth moving, it was the mumblings. When they, they were they like talking understand. in their own their language own, their or own. whatever. My wife and daughter speak that mumbling language. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and you're sitting there going, What? 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 Speak up. What? <laughs> Barney recalled being escorted from the ship and taken back to the car. In a daze, he watched the ship leave. Barney remembered a light approaching the road, and he said audibly, oh, no, not again. So, And I'm, I'm also thinking that's probably the orb right. thing again. Guiding him home. Maybe. Yeah. Um, he recalled Betty's speculation that the light might have been the moon, though the moon... It had set several hours earlier. He also stated that he attempted to produce the code-like buzzing sounds, which seemed to um, hit the back of the vehicle a second time by driving from side to side and stopping and starting the vehicle, and his attempts were unsuccessful. His attempts to produce the sounds? Yeah. Okay. Maybe Delcy was doing, like, Morse code or something from the back seat. Save me, save me. Stiff. (laughs) I'm scared. I'm stiff. He shriveled up, probably. He was so scared. It's a wiener dog. (laughs) If you put the wiener dog between in a bun, would that be considered a sandwich? A hot dog is a fucking sandwich. (laughs) You haven't been a part of these debates, have you? Is a hot dog a sandwich? And why or why not? And I want to ask anyone that's listening out there, I know this is off topic, but it's a debate I have all the time. Is a hot dog a sandwich? I believe it is. It's a piece of meat between a couple pieces of bread. The buns or bread. in a bun because it, it doesn't have to be cut through. Like you go to Subway, right? And they don't cut the, the bun through. It's still it's like a V piece of bread with meat in between. And there's and that's what a hot dog is. So I so I, what I'm saying is a hot dog is a, is a type of sandwich. So Subway, it's not a, it's a it's considered a sub. Sub sandwich, sub sandwich. submarine sandwich. Sure. So I guess you could, I guess you could consider a hot dog the same thing. So I'm gl- Necronomapod's official statement: a hot dog is a sandwich. One hundred percent. Do you agree or disagree? I would love to know, and also I'd love to know whether or not you believe in fake hypnosis. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet us at Necronomapod or hit us up on Instagram, uh, Necronomapod. Who who disagrees with that? People of lesser intellectual capacity. Boom. Roasted. <laughs> Move on. Just moving on. Around. Yeah. Asked and answered. I'm going to let that one sit. <laughs> so under hypnosis, uh, Betty's account was similar of the dreams that she had had. But she also had, there was also differences mainly um, pertaining to the capture and release. Um, the technology on the craft was different. The short men she described in her dreams had significantly different physical appearances from the dreams versus hypnosis. Um, the sequential order of the abduction event was also different from her dreams and Betty and Barney's memories during the regression were consistent with one another, but contradicted 
some of the information in Betty's dreams. Betty also had a lot of emotional distress like Barney had in her hypnosis regression. But Betty kind of had this building inside of her anyways. Right. She'd been stressing about this since that day. Yeah. She'd been agonizing over it, obsessed with it. Right. He was just trying to kind of move on. And and she would, like, start crying. I mean, both of them were really... Emotional. Yeah, emotional. His, his story, to me, though, was much more interesting with that the hypnosis and stuff because he didn't want any part of that. Right. And then he starts telling these things and and like the clip we had played like he becomes extremely emotional like that's that's fucked up that's creepy yeah he'd be less likely to be faking it he'd be less likely to be putting on a show right whereas if you just heard her story based on what we've learned about her maybe she's putting on a show yeah i yeah yeah dr simon also gave betty post-hypnotic suggestion that she could sketch a copy of the star map where the aliens said that they were from. During hypnosis, like I said earlier, she described it as like this like kind of 3D kind of screen that they pulled down. So like not a star map where Sylvester Stallone lives in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> she did draw the star map. She only drew she said that there were many more stars. Like the the map that they showed her had a lot more detail to it versus what she actually drew. She just couldn't remember that. She just drew the one. Like, she drew what they showed her, which they said it was like how they traveled here. And they showed her like trade routes and stuff that they would travel on. Right. So um, a lot of stars in the drawing. Yeah. Here we can post a copy of the map yeah, we'll that po- she drew. For sure. We'll, draw, we'll, we'll post what she actually drew. Yeah. After the hypnosis sessions, Dr. Simon speculated that Barney's recollection of the the whole ordeal was possibly just a fantasy inspired by Betty's dreams. He thought that it was most reasonable and that that was the most reasonable and consistent explanation for the whole ordeal. Sounds accurate. Uh, Barney rejected the idea and he said that while their memories were consistent in some regards, there were also portions of their narratives that were unique to each other. By the time that Barney had that everything was over and done with, and he heard the tapes. He heard himself on hypnosis. He accepted the fact that they had been abducted by UFOs. So Betty beat him down enough that he was just like, "All right, fine." But I mean, so okay, so put yourself in a situation. Let's just let's just say for a second that hypnosis is real, mm-hmm. or it is real, but you f- find out that hypnosis is real, and even if it's been suggested to you or not, you know. But you hear yourself talking like that on a tape. So, and so freaking what you're out saying like is that Barney had essentially no recollection of this. Right. But then he heard himself on a tape and all of a sudden believed it. Right. So he didn't believe it when he saw a big craft in front of him. No, we're I'm talking about like the whole abduction scenario. Well, he didn't remember it when he... he but then how do we know Barney's point of view from the beginning and what he thought? We're basing it on already knowing this recollection story. I mean, his initial thing was that he, they saw the craft. Okay. And he thought it was the military fucking around. Yeah, but but he didn't specific- recall all of that till the hypnosis. No, he, he remembered that part. Yeah, he remembered that part. He didn't recall any of the stuff about so, being taken onto that a craft, ship. And, seeing that craft didn't make him believe it, it was, was the hearing hip- his own recount. Under hypnosis. 
under hypnosis that made him believe. Right. Because I'm trying to put myself in that situation. If I heard myself freaking out and saying these things. Would you freak out? I'd freak out. I would freak out. (laughs) Freak out. Freak out. Freak out. Oh, yeah. Macho man. Strange things happening in the sky. Where are you taking me? What are you going to do? That's my cum. Uh Uh-uh. You ain't going to have it today. Dig it. Um, I don't think I would believe, I think it would freak me out hearing myself recall something like that. I don't yeah. think I would, I would all of a sudden be like, oh, I was abducted. Hearing myself under hypnosis, quote unquote, freaking out like that would scare the shit out of me if I heard myself on tape. But just hearing myself say that, I don't think would convince me of something that I Something that I don't have any recollection of. Hmm. So I don't know if hearing myself under hypnosis freaking out about an event would make me believe that that event was real. So I have a question about that. When, so when he came out of hypnosis, he doesn't actually remember the event itself. So even hearing the tape of the hypnotic session doesn't like it doesn't infer that memory into you. Like you don't well, really remember so, it. All you remember is hearing yourself in, under hypnosis. That's how so I that's understood it. That's a different it. thing. And so because we're with doing an outline, trying to keep this down to an hour, glossed over some of the book. Because the main book, the research from this was from The Interrupted Journey mm-hmm. by uh, John Fuller and Dr. Simon. So basically how it worked was that he did, he Dr. Simon did the hypno, hypnotic regression with them. And then when he felt that it was appropriate he he like he eased barney into remembering mm. what they had talked about to and then he got him to a point of fully okay remembering everything okay. like, like he, he didn't just like drop it on him all at once he like eased this in and then let let them hear back everything that they okay. had said and this was over a period of five months so that that makes sense yeah okay i mean he he went about the, i mean it was treated as like yeah. therapy from yeah, a doctor sure. yeah it sounds like he just, you know, trying to put it out of his mind. He had the, that trauma right under the surface, and this probably let him move past. Yeah. So, I mean, that's great. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. I mean that's kind of how it, how it, how it winds down for them is he he accepted it, and and he and it really did seem to ease up stuff for yeah. him. So they they had went back to their regular lives after that. Like I said, he he accepted it, and they were just you know normal people. It, in is, it is what it is. Yeah. On October 25th, 1965, a front-page story in the Boston Traveler detailed their experience, and some fucking asshole, when they disclosed it to their church, tape-recorded the whole thing, and then turned it over to reporters. That's nice. Nice because they they had people there. Yeah, so they that and that's that's the other thing with with them that gives them more credibility to me is they had no interest in doing anything further with this story other than what we, like if we ended this here we would have never fucking known about it unless dr simon decided to do something with it right they didn't try to sell their story capitalize right. on it some asshole taped them right. without them knowing and then put it out there so that's when they got in con they talked to uh dr simon and got in contact with john fuller and they agreed to do the book. Well, at that point, you want to get your story straight, right? And it it's a really good book. I mean, it has all you, it has full transcripts of the the hypnosis right. sessions to read through. It's a really really good book. 
And you can find those the audio recordings of that on YouTube, and they're they're pretty creepy. Yeah, we can tweet out a link to that as well. Um, and then years later, the the star system or the star map would be would be questioned, and I believe it was in '78 that it was looked at again, and it was the overwhelming opinion was that it lined up with a double star system called Zeta Reticuli, which at the time of Betty drawing the star map, we didn't. Yeah, it was undiscovered. We didn't know that that existed. And so how did that happen, Mike? That still stands to this day. Like what she drew was statistically accurate. Yeah. There's no there's no holes in that. Well, I saw a lot of people question the there's, accuracy. There's, there's some questioners out there, but... I think Carl Sagan questioned it. Actually. Carl Sagan <laughs> is a piece of shit. Whoa, oh, we're not we putting that in the we podcast. We found his hypnosis. Today. We found his hypnosis. <laughs> um, he is a debunker or his spam piece his of spam shit. Call. He's a scientist, so he's not my kind of scientist. Oh no. Uh oh. Philip Class too. Who? He's Philip so Class. Anyone he's another debunker. Anyone who's actually oh, legitimately educated makes a career on shitting on people. Shitting on people or just kind of calling people out? Shitting on people. Give me an example. A very quick example. I don't want to drag this out. Philip Class? We'll we'll get into him on the Fire in the Sky story. What, no, the other guy. Who'd you say? Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan. He's just always... My life is funner than Carl Sagan, so fuck that guy. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> I respect that answer. Okay. He's just always coming in there with... With facts. No, not facts. <laughs> Well, shitting on everything. Well, he's been dead for a long time, so let's so it's full of class. So. I don't want to shit on the dead people. I mean, you're doing enough shitting on those dead people. Carl Sagan, one of the greatest scientists in the history of the, this country. Yeah. I don't really know Carl Sagan. Maybe we do an episode on him. I would love to do an episode on him and get you well, fired you up know, for man. two the show hours. Show Cosmos, the old episodes of Cosmos. Was that, be- was that before my time? Well, yeah, he's not as bad as Philip Class. Philip Class is a real piece of shit. I don't know who Philip Class. He's is. a real piece of shit. Carl Sagan. Whatever. That's fine. Well, I mean, I, I suspect Carl <laughs> Sagan was looking for evidence on some of this stuff. Fifth class is an asshole. I mean, we'll definitely get into him. All right. I'm excited for those. Yeah. Well, this is Dave, and I, I love Carl Sagan. <laughs> so the map, the, the map that she drew might or might not have held up. There's debates on both sides. Okay. But this is what it's going to be like with me every time with aliens. Hey, all we can do is tell the story. With a little bit of our opinion sprinkled in, and the listeners can make up their own mind. There is evidence, probably both ways, that you can believe what you want from these episodes. I am not a believer in this type of stuff, so I find the evidence that says otherwise. You do not believe this story. Well, I think it's pretty well known that Betty was probably a crackhead. <laughs> well, that <laughs> I'm I know that's, oh, wow. that's bullshit. I'm making that up. <laughs> so, but the the one. Aside from Carl, I'll give Carl Sagan. He he's looking for facts. That's fine. How dare him? Yeah, I mean he's he, he's trying to debunk it. But a lot of the debunking before Carl Sagan started was people trying to say that they it was like a hallucination based off of stress of them being in an interracial marriage. Really, the people float that out there. Yeah, that was that was a that was a. Yeah. That was like the biggest debunking of their story at the time. It's racist in itself. It doesn't even make any sense. No, it's no. And they but and they both said that they had a lot of good friends. They were accepted by their community. Like yeah. there was no issue. Well, they were way up north. They were. I mean, right. 
not to say that it was easy for them, but no, racial but, tensions more up north were not as nearly as bad as they were in the south. Right, and they had friends and family, you know, they had friends, family, and... It seemed like they were a good part of their church. Yeah, so... They were well-respected They people. had Delcy. So, so I, they had Delcy. Yeah. If you have a wiener dog, you're doing okay in life. So, yeah, Barney died shortly after this whole thing went down, February 25th, 1969, from a brain hemorrhage. And Betty talking too much. <laughs> going on and on about the aliens. And uh, Betty died October 17th, 2004, from cancer. She never remarried, and she was a huge part of the UFO community. So she died after that. Yeah. And I know you, you researched some stuff that she kind of, she, she seemed to get a little kooky in those later years and some oddball stuff, which and, is and theories that she came up with. So I think, you know, there's some, which the is folk community that didn't take her at her word in those later years sometimes. And to me, that's interesting because like Ian had said earlier, she seemed to be a pretty quiet, shy, unimpressed girl before all of this. And the fact that that freaked her out again, I think these people truly believe what they're saying. I don't necessarily think they're looking for attention or they're trying to get famous. I think in their minds, this did happen to them. Sure. I don't think it actually did. And I will probably say that on a lot of the episodes and things we discuss. I don't think these people are all pieces of shit lying to get famous. I just well, no, they don't def- know. They definitely weren't because if it wasn't for whoever recorded them and put it out to you the wouldn't newspaper, even know their we name. wouldn't even right. know this story. Yeah. Sure. And then, so again, I'm not trying to um, shit on Betty and Barney Hill. I think they truly believe this happened. Right. I'm just, I guess, not a believer based on this story. Maybe we'll find one that gets me to believe. I believe this story. I believe it 100%. You both believe that this happened? Yes. Okay. I do not. I do not. I think they're, they're the first. I think there are people that... Why is there not more evidence now of this happening? Of what? Alien abductions. Why is this not more? I mean, we're in a day and age where we, I mean, we know what's going on. Is this all because of Eisenhower's uh, treaty or whatever? But what do you mean? Like, like, like Dave said earlier, this isn't happening in Manhattan. This isn't happening to anyone who has their smartphone out at the the time and everyone has their smartphone out. I think it's, there is no evidence. It's the dimensional. It's the reality thing. Is that reality then? It might be your reality. That's why I was saying that. Isn't that just dreaming? It's all all part of it, man. You got to read the book. It's a good book. Again, I think that still speaks to mind. They believe it. So it might have really happened to them. Because they believe it so thoroughly, that's their reality. So then does it become a part of the collective consciousness that... We're getting into some metaphysical stuff. It now. does really deep. become it, reality. We're like 19 beers deep. Yeah. Here at the end of this thing, you guys are throwing out words that are over my head. <laughs> I think Angie will run up and get some Wendy's triples. <laughs> oh. Well, what we, we all voted on Taco Bell, first of all, Dave. Got <laughs> <laughs> some chicken quesadillas, some cheesy gordita crunches. Supreme. I know you like your sour cream. All right. Well, so that. I understand what you're saying, yeah. and I, I do think we should explore that one at some point. Maybe down it will the road, get brought up every time. We heavy talk. Ep- that's a pretty heavy fucking episode. It will get brought up every time we talk about aliens. Right, because it's a it's a it's a it's a chicken shit answer for you to get out of the uh, my actual <laughs> facts that this doesn't happen. This fucking guy. That's how it works. All right, all right. Well, and it's like, well, it's their reality, dude. Well, no, man. There's a reality that we all are in the same room right now. We can look at the walls and know that they're there. I don't see any walls. people are gonna hate on me that's fine i I would i'd love it this is one of my favorite stories of course because it's the first 
And yeah, exactly. I love Betty and Barney Hill. This is a fun story. I think, I think Betty got obsessed with this and really into it. I feel bad for Barney. I think this kind of consumed him and maybe overwhelmed him, whatever he was feeling and maybe ultimately led to his death. And that's, you know, I feel bad for, I feel bad for both of them really for someone who's not into science fiction, alien, anything like that. Um, this was, I think, is a, a fascinating uh, story. And there's only up to go from here with aliens. I'm sure we'll have plenty. If you're a fan of the show, let us know if you believe this story or not. Yeah, please tweet us in about that and whether or not hot dogs are a sandwich. Ian, you got any closing remarks on Betty and Barney Hill? Anything else you want to get in? No, like I said, it's my favorite. One of my favorite, one of my many favorites. And I would, I would really recommend reading uh, The Interrupted Journey by Dr. Simon and John Fuller. It's a great book. The one that goes into detail on the Yeah, story. it does all the transcripts from the hypnosis sessions. It's cool. Dave, anything else on Betty and Barney Hill? Stay safe out there. Keep your sperm to yourself. As, as long as you can control it. Don't let it be forcibly removed. Right. <laughs> so we did, got three episodes in the books. We did a serial killer. We did a radio legend. We've done some alien abductions. Let us know on Twitter, Instagram, what you liked, what you didn't like, what you want to see more of. We have a whole slew of different things that we want to touch on, but we want to hear what you would like to hear because we can easily change our plans. Uh, So let us know what you're into, what you liked, what you disliked, what you want us to do, and we will try our best to uh, abide. You can give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Necronomapod. Feel free to hit us up. Um, Also, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Spotify. Um, Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any updates. Um, We will be out typically every Sunday or uh, Monday morning, so we'll have an episode a week for you after this initial week where we got three episodes dropping at once just to hit you with a big bang to get us started. Again, let us know on Twitter what you like, what you dislike, and uh, we'll take it from there. All right, guys, let's do a cool down beer for Delzy. Cool Delzy, there. This one's for you.